What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little glasses of business, they're dead meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, your horror safe haven. I'm Chelsea. And I'm James. And we're married and we like to get scared together. Yes, we do. Hey, guess what, everyone? Guess fucking what? The strike's over. Strike's over. We did it. Yeah. I'm not on strike anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we can we can talk about whatever we want. It feel it still feels weird. I still I feel like I'm gonna get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. But it, we we can talk about any movie we want, and it feels so good for for the Patreon this month. If you're interested in hearing just all of our opinions, just our whirlwind opinions on all of the movies we've watched during the strike that we just couldn't talk about. We're going to do a Patreon episode of the podcast where we do kind of a lightning round of like every, not even just horror movies. Yeah, just, just every movie we've we watched in the past four months. See yep. That we... New ones, old ones, whatever. Yeah, well, every, we've seen. everything. Russell um, can get in on it. We got Oppenheimer. We got Barbie. We got Killers of the Flower Moon. We got... Joyride. Joyride. We did watch Joyride. We got the the Little Mermaid live action that oh, I watched that. on I an airplane. That. We got uh I don't know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and then all the horror movies. And too. then all the all the various <laughs> horror movies. We could talk about maybe Five Nights at Freddy's a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah, because we watched that. Yeah, we can talk about that. Yes. So uh that'll be on the the Patreon. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. It, it's it's it feels so weird to just be able to talk about whatever the fuck I want now. Yeah. Uh, cool stuff I can talk about now that th- the strike isn't happening. I technically was <laughs> in the fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. I did background voices for it. So if you keep your ears peeled, you might hear me in the background of various scenes. Probably not. The whole point of background voices is so they <laughs> yeah. kind of blend in and they aren't supposed to be stand out, but um, it was so much fun. It's it's called the, it, the, the terminology is being in the loop group for a show or, or movie and loop group is just all the background audio in like a restaurant or a party or whatever and uh mike flanagan was uh very cool in asking me to come do it because he knows i do voice stuff and he was like have i got the job for you come <laughs> scream into these microphones and act like you're dying in various ways and i haven't uh, we haven't gotten the chance to watch the show yet i've seen yet. a ton of it out of context and it looks fucking crazy <laughs> i just remember doing lots of audio for various New Year's parties and there's like some hospital stuff and I don't, I don't know. It was it was a lot of fun. It was my first time doing anything like loop group, yeah. which was a cool experience. Was um, that a SAG thing? Did it you? was, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was SAG. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, Grussell's like, Louis yes, Grussell nodding. So. Fear. Yeah, loop group is covered by SAG. Oh, I knew SAG. it was exclusive. Loop group is also a very exclusive little niche to get into, which is also why it was very cool of mike to ask me to come join the loop group yeah, for a golden ticket there because because loop group is like they, they are their own little groups of people that you hire to do it, each individual person isn't like cast for it you hire the loop group mm-hmm. you contact like whoever the leader of that loop group is and they bring on all their people and so often loop groups and i learned this doing this they're very skeptical of new people and this oh, will yeah. happen is where someone's like hey i've got a friend or whatever can they come do background voices in the loop group for this specific thing and so everyone's kind of 
on their guard for the, the new person, right? And I was very aware of this going in. <laughs> and a shout out to voice actor Scott White. You might know him as the voice of Crash Bandicoot, uh, <laughs> among other things. But he and I were the first people to show up. And he immediately, I told him what was up. I was like, I've never done this before. I'm the friend hire. It, I'm here to, I'm going to do my best. I'm just excited to be here. And he was super sweet. He like immediately took me under his wing and like made me feel comfortable and kind of explained this is like what the process is going to be. So I would have totally floundered if he was not there to like uh, just be a very kind uh, shepherd through the process. So anyway, that was my fun little loop group experience that I couldn't talk about and it sucked. Yeah. And now that the strike is over, we can do Horror Survivor. We can do Horror Survivor. I mean, I have to put it together. Mm-hmm. But we'll work on that. And then that guarantees that we will for sure have another Horror Royal Rumble in January. I already started Chelsea working, started working on, on the characters. I downloaded the new <laughs> WWE game. Uh, I just have to say, because this was the issue I had with the 2022 game. And I, I am making the characters in the new 2023 game. But the same problem I had with 2K22... I don't know why they 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 don't fix this or change it, but in the older versions of the game, you there were options to mirror everyone's face. So you edit one eye and the same edits are happening on the other eye, or you can at least copy and paste them. That does not fucking exist in this version. I don't understand. You just have to remember the slider. I literally take there. pictures of the screen with my phone. <laughs> of one eyeball's slider numbers yeah. and then go in and do if there is a Well, you know what? Because you can do them individually, you could do Toxic Avenger maybe. But you could do them individually anyway beforehand. Okay, well. There was that option, but there was also the option to copy paste. Yeah, that's a, such a weird thing to have. If anyone knows of a fast if, if I'm missing something, please tell me because it is making it all take so much longer than it should. But I don't want to go back to 2K19 because there are so many fun new outfits and stuff in this newer one that yeah, are wanna, really exciting i want to explore this new one and new you know more updated wrestler entrances hopefully and, we can still hack it to have males and females together in oh a rumble. yeah hopefully someone's come up i didn't even think of that let's Gonna look into that research, if yeah. there's a mod for mm-hmm. that because if there's not mm, i don't know how to uh, make a mod <laughs> <laughs> i rely on the labor of others to do that <laughs> i have no idea so uh yeah obviously kill counts will uh be covering probably more stuff that you're familiar with and uh also we're, we're gonna mention it at the end but i'll just throw out a mention right now um the day that you're listening to this if it's the oh, the first day uh there's another podcast with me out right after this one's over scream dreams me and Catherine corcoran and barbara crampton yes are doing, and chelsea's a guest on a future episode i am a guest yep. on one of the episodes it's so fun it's the cutest <laughs> little like i showed up and they've got a whole crew it's like it's so good and it's a skeleton crew we got uh like two people running it addison and tom that's uh, that's twice as many as we have <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true they have like a Gressel and then another person. Yeah, <laughs> but it it's so cool. It's all about um, dreams and nightmares and kind of the the subconscious mind and how that influences yeah. creatives. And, and the, the the guest in the first episode is Josh Rubin, mm-hmm. uh, very great guy. And we've we've already recorded like ten of them. Yeah, we have ten in the bag. Yeah, you guys are really good at backlogging. Yeah, well, them. we do three in a day, which leaves me exhausted. It does, yeah. He always naps. After. I know. As soon as I get home from it, I always just crash. Because it's like, 
it's fun, but it's like three hours straight of being on and talking to people. And, but yeah, it's fun. Uh, so tune into Screen Dreams as soon as you're done listening to this podcast. What's the little skeleton name? Skelly that? Sam. Skelly Sam. That's right. <laughs> a little mascot. Who named it? I thought Barbara I think Catherine. Named. Oh, it's Catherine. Catherine's I was going to guess Barbara it, named Catherine, it. once again, I am. I have the luxury of going on a podcast where I don't do shit but sit down and talk. The f- Catherine Dude, kills it. The funniest thing was watching you do the like podcast intro and seeming to still you were like a baby giraffe a little <laughs> bit because normally I'm the one who's kind of leading the the conversation and introductions on the podcast and for that episode I was a guest just sitting there waiting for you to yeah do normally it. like Catherine does it for us and she Catherine came up with segments of the sidebar I with got Barbara to play Crampton. I got to play a game Catherine and Barbara were so excited to have me play a game. And yeah. let me tell you, I was excited as well. Yeah. So. Uh, Catherine is killing it with that podcast. So make sure you tune yeah. in. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, it's really good. But for our podcast, we're going to talk about When Evil Lurks. When Evil Lurks. Fucking air horns, dude. Yeah. This movie rules. It's a heater for sure. It's uh, This movie is gruesome. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck. Yo, if you are worried about uh, animals or kids getting hurt, don't watch this movie. Not a movie for you. This is both of them. If you don't like body horror yeah. and puss, don't Ooh, watch yeah. this movie. Not a good movie to eat food during, which we both did. I did. Yeah. Yeah, I forget what I... Oh, I had tortellini <laughs> yeah. and chicken meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was new. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is very... Uh, as much as what's going on in this movie and we kind of learned this at the beginning so it's not super spoilery we've got some weird kind of supernatural business going on here but it is very grounded realistic violence and gore and just effects in general um it's something else it's definitely up there for best of 2023 i think absolutely 100 percent uh it is a argentinian film Mm -hmm. and it is directed by Damien Rugna. Yeah. Who he did Terrify. He did Terrify. Not Terrifier. Not Terrifier. Terrified. Which I haven't seen. I've heard good things. Yeah. I haven't seen it. But uh, I, from what it sounds like, this is only a second movie after Terrified. I'm sure he did like shorts and stuff. Let me see. Uh, he's got some on his filmography, but Terrified is the only link thing. And he did a segment in Satanic Hispanics, okay, which I've which also heard is good. It was really good. Specifically... Joe Lynch told us that, that was good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Friend of the show. Uh, uh, who also did Suitable Flesh, which we can talk about. It, that also rules. Yeah, watch Suitable that. Flesh is yeah, yeah. Uh I just want to be like, go watch all the movies. Uh-huh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, When Evil Lurks is very... Oh, God, it's great. It's uh, possession as infection mm-hmm. and how dumb people are when it comes to infections and catastrophes, yes. which, uh, as we all know, is a very true-to-life thing to happen. Um, at one moment, at, at one point, probably 20, 25 minutes into this thing, both of us had the same thought, and we were mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. Con- hot take incoming. Yeah, this is what the sadness should have been, or at least this is what I wanted the sadness to be. This movie, it's not that I necessarily think that this is what the sadness wanted to be. No, I don't think it wanted to be. It's more just, I think there are certain things that happen in this where my 
both of our reaction to it was so strong in like such genuine horror at what yelling. we were watching yelling, yelling mouth agape we're up looking up at off each the other couch, yeah. just like whole, like an like a just reactive just totally uncontrolled holy fuck yeah. at what we're watching on the screen i can verify Oh, you yeah, heard you, us? Did you hear us yesterday? Okay. I, I always know when it's like, oh, they enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> There's just some crazy From upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Just I was like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Like, this one sounds fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Those kind of moments, and there's one in particular in this. I think that's what the sadness, that is what the sadness wanted, I think. Those reactions. Yes. yes. But the problem is... And if you like the sadness, that's, that's totally cool. it's, fine. It's a specific it's flavor a, of horror. It's a style. And uh-huh. who knows if if I'm right in thinking that this is maybe what the creator or the people behind that movie wanted to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the sadness is up here the entire time. It's just at an ele- There's no ebb and flow to the level of... Uh, craziness that you're seeing on the screen versus when evil lurks is there is a buildup and a tension and it's a bit of a slow burn at first yeah for like 15 minutes i was like what are we i think we had to like pause at 10 minutes into like uh orient ourselves in the world or i think something came up and we had to do i think i got like a text from someone oh sure 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 yeah so uh it, it, 10 minutes in, I paused. I was like, oh, I hope I hope we get into this thing. Yeah. And then like 10 minutes after that, it was like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty interested in this. And then like 15 minutes after that, it was all in, baby. Yeah. So this just has the tension and the character build where you get to know the people in the story so that when stuff happens, it is a genuinely horrifying moment. Versus the sadness, you don't get much time to get to know anyone. And it's just right off the bat, just a parade of the most disgusting shit you've ever seen. But it doesn't really... And I don't think we've talked about the sadness on the show. So you might be like, what the fuck are they talking about? This uh, The sadness came out last year. It was Taiwanese. And going into it, all we heard was like, this is the, the craziest, craziest movie. The craziest yeah. movie. You gotta watch it. Oh and my it God. it is intense. Sure, yeah. If you list the stuff that happens in it, you might be like, damn, that is one of the craziest. It's like a zombie movie. That's one of the craziest movies. Yeah. But like, it's, it, I don't think they're zombies. They're infected people. It's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they it's become, like a rage virus. It's basically a rage thing where you lose all empathy. A graphic novel. That's right. I think, yes. Yeah, and it's just people running around just doing the most heinous shit to each other and smiling and laughing. It's very sadistic. Yeah, yeah. And like again, I mean, we we were bored with it uh, when we figured out that that's what it was going to be the whole time. I I guess I respect it on a certain level of like going there, but yes, this is the type of movie I prefer, where it's these giant shocking movies. This movie pulls no punches, Mm-mm. will horrify you with plenty of horrendous imagery it's but it gives you time to like care about that stuff similarly i think of why i think why a movie like hereditary was so successful in terms of everyone remembering one specific thing from it Mm -hmm. and it being one of the most genuinely horrifying scenes in anything i'd seen up to that point with the, the sister in the car and the telephone like we, we all yeah. know it <laughs> but it's because that movie again took the time to build to it and it just felt like a series of dominoes getting ready to be pushed over until something fucked up happened yeah. happens and that's kind of but this has like 
multiple moments of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do think there's a section maybe halfway through or in the second half where like you get a lot of exposition. There's some exposition dump in this that we had to pause and rewind because we were confused. And I also think the translation might is be a not little off. I'm great. not sure. Yeah. I it's can't... Spanish. And as someone who like tries to lean on the little bit of Spanish. I know it's also, uh, it's Argentinian. So they have an accent that I'm not familiar with where like, especially the brothers I was reading a lot of people, other people said this too. Like they had a hard time picking up because they're just dropping consonants, especially at the end of words. They're like, their vowels are just going into each other. And I'm like, dude, I, on a, a intellectual level, I know you're speaking a language that I know words from, but fuck, I can't hear them in there. I wonder what kind of, accent they have because accents in your own native language they in as much as like this is not uh I guess like you can use an accent as like a character device like you give someone an accent like this you know you think they're kind of stereotypically maybe a little stupid or maybe or like country they're or not cockney they're not big British, city yeah. folk you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm wondering the class it's like a class yeah thing, yeah, yeah yeah I mean more class I guess mm-hmm. um I'm wondering what kind of traits or characteristics are associated with, with the their, accents. Yeah, because they that. seem like ranchers, but um, yeah. also the, the so it's about two brothers and uh, their attempts to deal with this infection that they find. Uh, and spoiler, their attempts don't go well. It, they do bad. Ever, no, <laughs> like this movie's just a series of failures to deal. <laughs> I know early on I was like, I'm rooting for these brothers. Mm. And then like halfway through, I'm like, no, they're fucked, dude. They're just too And I saw people complaining. They're like No, that's why this movie's good. Yeah. That that they're like, there are rules given and they don't listen to them. And like Have one... you lived <laughs> on this planet? Yeah. Especially the last few years? Because when you give people a simple set of rules to follow, <laughs> We don't do it. Yeah. Sorry. That's Especially just how during people some are. of these heat of the moment, high intensity situations near the end where a lot of people specifically cited one thing. Yeah. And it's like, you're not always going to be a rational actor. You're yeah. not. You're not. And did, that's. Did you guys ever do that thing in elementary school where it's like, read all the instructions yes. before? And then it's like, get up and wave around. and. Go but at the end, it said, don't do, make any, sure don't to do read. any of this. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah it, mm-hmm. Make sure to read all the instructions first. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's like the first one. Then it's all like crazy shit. And then it's like. If you've got to the, if you get to this point. Disregard. Don't do <laughs> steps two through what. Yeah. Yeah. But of course. You want to anyway, because it's more fun if everyone else is just not following directions and getting up and being silly. I'm in elementary school. I'm just going to pretend I didn't actually read the thing to not tell me. But then the teacher will think that you're dumb. Mm, that and, I, and I know you, and I know school age you wanted to impress the teacher. Yeah. So I don't buy that. I don't buy that one bit. <laughs> Chelsea sat in her little chair there. It's less about the teacher and more about the smart kids will think you're very dumb. <laughs> yeah, right. You also got to impress those other smart kids. Got to show you're one of them. Oh, there was a really good interview on Polygon with the director of this movie too about what this movie means to him and what he for him like what it's about. And I thought it was really interesting. And we'll get kind of more into that as we go through mm. the plot. We okay. head into spoiler town, but it's it's not about what you think it is. I mean, it kind of is, but also the the headline, I was like, 
what? Like, how did I miss this kind of, oh. uh, not allegory, but how did I miss that this is what he was kind of grappling with in this? It's very fascinating. Any guesses what you think it might be about? <laughs> or what this, not what it's about, but what this director says really lived with him as he was writing this story and what kind of formed the basis of what this movie became. Lactose intolerance. No. Okay. I'm all out of guesses. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Spoiler bill. Spoiler bill. Go watch it though. It's on Shudder. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, it's not long. It's one, it's an hour 40. Sometimes you expect these movies to be like longer when it, it's, I don't know, foreign. <laughs> I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this one is an hour 40 and fucking once it gets into to moving. It's, yeah. Give it the first 10 minutes and then you're off to the races i think yeah yeah it's got a set of mood and a tone. And the first shot is one of those unbroken tracking shots so mm-hmm. at least it's like here we're gonna we're gonna slow burn but uh in the meantime enjoy this flowy camera it's that's always nice beautiful sunrises and stuff in this movie yeah we're kind of in like rural argentina we hear some gunshots mm-hmm. near this ranch where two brothers live or a farm or a ranch Something. they got animals they got land Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to call that. Yeah. But the gunshots are not on their land. It's adjacent to them in a forest. So yeah. they when when dawn comes, they go to check it out and they find half a body in the woods. Yeah, they see there's just the bottom half of a guy. Just there's part of a hand that's been left over, and they're thinking maybe a puma did it, but they <laughs> when they look at the body, they're like, ooh, it looks like he was cut in half with something sharp, so Probably not an animal. Something's weird. Also, uh, fuck you, Lion King, for forever fucking me up with because of Pumbaa. When I hear Pumbaa, I think it's a pig, and I really? I always have to make the mental adjustment of like, no, that's a cat. Oh, Pumbaa, I think of like the shoes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would make that's more cat. sense. All that, nimbly bimbly. <laughs> that's a cat. You forgot about cats. You forgot about cats. <laughs> forgot about Pumas. <laughs> um, they also. They also find these kind of, it's, I think it's like a box with these gold, it looks like a puzzle or something. Yeah, it looks like an escape room puzzle or I don't know, like a, like a, a late Hellraiser sequel knockoff Leviathan, uh, Leviathan tool, what's it? Uh, Lament Configuration. Lament Configuration. Yeah. They, Leviathan's in those sequels. Yeah, right? something, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah some it looks, gold tools. it looks like some like intricate puzzle or something or it's something that would be in a lovecraftian villain's office you know where he's like i've been <laughs> messing yeah like it is like a hellraiser thing yeah. where it's like i've been toying with this contraption mm-hmm. like jeffrey combs and onyx or jeffrey combs and most and things. jeffrey combs and most things <laughs> yeah oh yeah uh that, that wasn't struck but onyx the fortuitous is also fun it's I so just want to talk about all the movies it's so fucking cute you guys it's and we're cute. not just saying that because I, I love Andrew, Andrew Bowser. Bowser. <laughs> it's genuinely, I can't stop thinking about it. It's just a really sweet little movie. More Barbara Crampton. And it has Barbara in it, of course. So amidst all this stuff, the people watching this are like, Wait, what, what movie are you talking like, about? What are we talking Sorry. Look, the strike's <laughs> over. It's like uncorking a barrel. I'm full of thoughts. Did you see my tweet explosion yes, this morning? I, did. I was late to my workout for that. Orion was like, hey, I'm here. I'm like, hold on. I'm busy. I got to talk about movies. <laughs> I've got opinions. I got to tell Twitter about movies. 
It's important. <laughs> Amidst all this stuff, they also find a map to their like uh, the home of Maria Elena Gomez, who yeah. is an older lady and that, living on the property of their neighbor. Yes, and that's where this person who was murdered in the woods was supposedly headed. Or not in the woods, just out in the, in the, forest, the brush. Yeah. I don't know. That's where this this dude was going. Yeah. Uh, so she they- confirms she was waiting for this person to show up to kill her son. Yes. Which, she's like, I invited him here to kill my son. I invited him here to kill my son. Yeah. So immediately, <laughs> the and, and the, the brothers don't seem to be, they're confused, but not as confused or horrified as you'd think. So this world is already weird. Mm-hmm. Like this is maybe not commonplace, but it's something that you accept happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, And the, the brother, the son's name is Uriel. And... She kind of undersells it, I think, because <laughs> we see him and it is, he's gross, man. He's he he looks like the guy bag. in Seven who dies eating himself to death. He eats, doesn't he eat like baked beans or something? Something. It's something really gross. He looks it's like. It's that, but worse. He looks like those uh, flood sacks in Halo that when you shoot them, they explode in a bunch of little uh flood babies come out it's it's yeah it's, it's just gross. a big old pussy gr- amazing prosthetics yeah here. the the prosthetics Looks on great. this guy are really good but disgusting good lord it's so gross he's got a poopy diaper like there's a lot lot happening he's he, nasty he's rotten they say yes he, they call he is a rotten they call he's him a, a, rotten. a rotten yeah yes he's a bloated and they and they say he's possessed so yeah uh yeah they kind of uh, alternate between calling these people rotten and possessed yeah rotten is is a noun for them yeah as, as opposed to an adjective they are they are rottens yeah or at least it is a rotten uh and then later you you find a rotten is a evil unborn entity yes that is still able to affect those around them but they they are waiting they're to be residing born. inside of a human host, I think. Yes. So much. this is the human this is host. The human host. But it will infect other people nearby. Right. And animals. Yeah. Hey, want to talk to you about our sponsor this week, Fume. Fume is a nifty little diffusive device that you can breathe all kinds of delicious scents and flavors through. I personally don't really have any bad habits that something like Fume may help me to break, but I find the overall experience to be genuinely pleasant anyways. Fume is made of wood and metal and has a nice heft to it. There's like a magnet and clicky bits in there that are really fun to play with and move around. I've got my Fume right here. I don't know if you can like hear that little little clicky thing when you spin it. The flavor I'm really feeling right now is the maple pepper. It's super warm and cozy and full feeling. It's perfect for the colder weather. It tastes like being able to eat a holiday scent that you'd normally get in like a candle or something. Just one of those forbidden sorts of treats. If you've got a hand-to-mouth habit you're itching to break, Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories, and there's no reason that can't be you. Head to tryfume.com and use code DEADMEAT to save 10% off when you get the Journey Pack today. That's tryfum.com and use code DEADMEAT to save an additional 10% off your order today. Our next sponsor this week is Uncommon Goods. I don't know how it's already halfway through November, but if you're like me, you're already thinking about holiday presents. If you've got people in your life that are always hard to shop for, 
I think we all know someone. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free. They search the globe high and low for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts that'll make everyone on your list happy. I just pulled up Uncommon Goods to see if there's anything I'm thinking of getting this year for someone, and oh boy, did I go down a rabbit hole. They have these little murder mysteries in a box that come with clues and a story, and I honestly just kind of want to buy one for myself. They've also got this really great gift idea that I do think I'm going to get someone, an Unlock the Wine Escape Room game. You have to sleuth out a combination to a lock that's on a cage where a bottle of wine is locked inside. It's such a cool, cute idea. When you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash deadmeat. That's uncommongoods.com slash deadmeat for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. Our last sponsor this week is Me Undies. Cozy up in style this fall with the unmatched comfort of Me Undies. Me Undies has soft, breathable underwear that is so, so comfy and comes in so many cute designs. Whether you're looking to feel more comfortable at work or you're posted up on the couch for a horror movie marathon, Me Undies is here to keep you comfy. I got the most exciting pair of underwear from Me Undies. Quick backstory I absolutely love Scar from The Lion King. He's my favorite Disney character, and I buy any and all merch of him because he's a bit harder to find. And Me Undies has underwear with him on it. You can barely find shirts with Scar on it, let alone women's underwear of all things. It's amazing. But Me Undies isn't just about underwear. Explore the lounge collection featuring cozy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and more. Their fabrics are light and breathable to help regulate your body temperature so you stay cool and comfy. They use sustainably sourced materials, and if you're not happy with your first pair of undies, it's on MeUndies. To get 25% off your first order plus free shipping, go to MeUndies.com deadmeat. That's MeUndies.com deadmeat for 25% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. His mom says that she tried, she and the, her other son, who's a younger boy, Eduardo. tried praying for Uriel. Uh, that didn't work. It's so. been going on for a year, too. That's the thing is, she says it's been a year and we didn't, they didn't tell anyone because they were afraid of being kicked off their land. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't own this land. They, they're on the land of this guy named Ruiz. Yeah. Who is uh, <laughs> just like. This guy's a mess, man. <laughs> Ruiz is a mess. He seems better off, like more well off. His house is fancy. Yeah. Uh, the dinner scenes with his wife. He's a cranky landlord. Yeah. He's like yeah. just, a, he seems like almost not, maybe not aristocracy, see, but. He's like, a landowner. He's yeah. an entitled landowner. Mm -hmm. Like gentry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he, uh, and, and so in even in these initial conversations, they're like, you can't shoot him. They know that these characters yes. know. There's, they know because apparently, again, this is this is kind of neat the way the movie does this. Is it's, it kind of sh demonstrates that there is established like this is an established phenomena already mm -hmm. in the world of the movie. Yeah, later they mention this usually happens in cities. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, the guy who was on his way there but got killed in the forest is a, a cleaner, like basically almost an exorcist. But that's the thing is this movie, they're, they're saying it's possessed. 
it seems to be a demon, but there's no religious elements to it. There are no religious elements. No, to it. that they kind of discuss that later. They keep they say a couple times the time of churches is over. Yeah. And God is, is dead. dead. Mm-hmm. And because we meet someone later who ran a church and she basically says, Yeah, we were total scammers. And then this happened and we felt like we were maybe being punished as yeah. a result of our actions. But yeah, religion. So it's a possession movie without like priests or the church coming to save you. There there yeah. is this this force, cleaners, and we don't know exactly how they clean, but they have a methodology of taking care of this thing. Uh, Specifically, the director says it's it's intentional that the characters in this can't and don't seek help from religious figures. Uh, he says, this is a quote from him. He says, I have no religion and I hate religion as a business. Uh, I love religion as faith or for helping people, but not as business. So he just, that's just not part of this movie. Yeah. They do try to go to the police for help, but the police are like, not my problem. And apparently... They knew about it. Yeah, they were told a they year were, ago. They about were this. told a year ago about it, and they just kept it hush hush. And this is this is getting into the kind of core thesis of the movie, and what the director's really getting at is when you need to rely on bureaucratic solutions to save you. That is a terrifying thing because the laziness of the system apathy and yeah the apathy the corruption the fact that these systems are not in place to help individual people it's to preserve a status quo and an order that's kind of the i would say one half of the horror of this and the other half is the the helplessness of having to rely on other people and absolutely not being able to count on anyone to like we were talking about earlier, be a rational actor or have your best interests at heart mm-hmm. and what people do in a crisis and when people, how people act when they're afraid. Yeah. And the, the selfish ways that people behave in, yeah, times of crisis. And he also says, I guess I'll just talk about it now, that this movie, originally the kind of seed of this movie came from when he learned about the use of pesticides in That's right. Argentina. I did see that. Okay. He said he was inspired by news stories about the use of pesticides in rural areas in Argentina and how often that would affect the children of the communities that this was happening in and no one gave a shit or did anything about it. Hmm. Cuz it's it's poor people, it's laborers, it's you know, it's either these kids, it's it's the death or illness of people and children versus, I mean, profit, right? That's what it always is, yeah. unfortunately. I think of even, like, uh, another case I think of is, like, Chevron in South America. And, um, like, there have been numerous lawsuits on behalf of the indigenous people there against Chevron for like just generations of of people having cancer and other diseases based on all the industry going and that's you know the same thing here and it it is interesting that he specifically mentions the effects on children because this movie does kind of end up being about children yeah and it feels almost like a revenge movie from the point of view of kids which that kind of made me think of the movie Who Can Kill a Child, which we talked about 
a long time ago. Again, going back to the creepy kids two-parter. Mm. I wasn't expecting to talk about that again this week, but here we are. And that's a Spanish horror movie from the 70s. And it kind of, if I'm remembering correctly, I watched it in, in college. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But if I'm remembering correctly, a lot of that's kind of dealing with the fallout of the Spanish Civil War and the kind of repercussions of that war on youth and kids and like the future generations that came after that war and mm. it's generational trauma type stuff but that's also kind of like a it's a village of creepy kids and it's kind of like a weird child revenge type plot yeah yeah i definitely thought of that there's a lot of generational trauma stuff going on here you got because i mean <clears throat> you have generations of families being affected by this mm -hmm. and then i saw someone say online like it very much uh, does have to do with generational trauma because it ends up in a school where things are, you know, passed on. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's rooted in a school at the end. Yeah, I mean, even think there's so many scenes where adults are arguing in front of kids or yeah. adults are fighting in front of kids yeah. in this. Kids are just passive witnesses to the most fucked up shit going on in this movie until they just directly become part of it. In very um, gruesome ways, we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so they go and get Ruiz, the guy who owns the land, and they, they show him like, hey, you got this uh, rotten on your land. Yeah, because so also what will happen is when a rotten, like, what basically incubates. I'm also realizing I think that's why there's pictures of butterflies all over the school hmm. at the end, because it is kind of like a cocoon. Oh, that a okay. horrible butterfly is going to emerge from eventually. Yeah, so Ruiz wants to get... His solution is, let's just get it out of here. Let's yes, his solution drive is Drive it two or three miles away. Let's find another cleaner. It's no. And which is realistic, I feel like. It's like, not my problem. We're just going to drive him somewhere in my truck. Put him like on in a ditch on the side of the road. It's someone else's problem. Yeah, it won't be on my land at least. Yeah. So they just, they fucking. Feels very much like, how do we get rid of toxic waste? Yeah, uh, just... Tromaville. Yeah, Tromaville, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're taking this by to Tromaville. They they wrap it up in a sheet, and the brothers and Ruiz Dude, are trying to carry it this, out. I this, was like, James, that's me coming out of a cracker barrel on a road trip. <laughs> Fucking just <laughs> carry me out there on a sheet. Dude, they I've get it out the too front much door. Biscuits and gravy. It fucking coffin flops right Dude, through that sheet. They coffin flop this fucker right just on this, the ground. This, how am I gonna carry this naked, bloated, possessed, rotten ass <laughs> with it fucking tearing up fabric? Yeah, flopping all over this porch. Yeah. What also is interesting is Ruiz thinks that the rotten was maybe purposely put here as a way for the government to get people to vacate the land. Oh, yeah. Which is interesting. Which, like, maybe he's right. Maybe he's just a conspiracy theorist, but which also, always happens. He could just be right. Yeah. Because that would be a pretty quick way to get people to vacate. Yeah, and he was like, also, they're trying to get my land. And I think that's probably why... The cops maybe didn't say anything. Yeah, when he mentioned that, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe like, that is true. Yeah. We like living here. Thank you. Uh, let me see. So, okay, they're... <laughs> This is so fucking funny. So they they put this guy in the back, the bed of the truck, right? And they think we're going to take him like two or three hours away. And it's all three of them sitting in this pickup truck. They are driving down like a country road. And there's like, there's a kid in the road with these 
he has a bike next to him. They almost hit him. They swerve out of the way. This kid's just like, fuck you. Basically, middle finger. They call, They say, this asshole's going to school. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck this kid. <laughs> this little fucker's going to school. Again, this like it's very much this kind of war between children and adults in this movie. And I love it. It's present throughout the entire thing. Even the younger brother of this Uriel that they are dropping off in a ditch is a very important part of this kind of conflict between adults and kids. Uh, but yeah, they uh, realize when they get out of the truck like 20 minutes later that, oops, when they swerved to knife this kid, they cough and flopped him again. <laughs> they double flopped him, dude. They're at least not in the truck and they realize, oh my God, he must have just fallen out. And then they say, <laughs> and not our problem yeah, it's anymore. Right. It took care of itself, I guess. He, whatever he was far enough away it's fine we're done here let's all go home and we go home with ruiz instead of the brothers which like took me aback i was yeah. like wait you're not the guy we're following here we get to see him and his wife having like a sad dinner a sad dinner and then she's like yo one of our goats is possessed yeah come outside this goat's fucked up yeah and we have a horror movie goat apparently you can see like the goat's weird demon horns framed over ruiz's head when he first comes yeah out I, there. I noticed that okay, yeah, yeah them behind his head because yeah. they're like it's that goat and i it's was like kind of like what happens sometimes when the framing of the podcast oh. <laughs> the horns on that guy back there line up with your head and it's always really funny to me i don't know if you can get it to happen yeah there okay oh. russell's directing james there we go <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we got a horror movie goat. We love horror movie goats. Love those goats. Should be more of them. He shoots his gun in the air. All the other goats run this off. This is and this is a great visual. Yeah, it's a great because I was like, they're like, it's that goat. I was like, what goat? Oh, goat. They're like, it's that goat. And I was they like, all what have fucking weird, goat? They all have weird little sideways pupils. Yeah. I don't know which. So one. he shoots his gun in the air, and all the rest of them run off except for one goat. Just fucking Just, staring at him. Yeah, like what? Yeah, it's me. What? And then the goat like walks up. He like points the gun at it. And his wife's like, no, you can't shoot it. You can't shoot it. But he's still pointing this gun at. The goat, like, walks up to it until... Puts his head on the barrel Yeah, of he's gun. like, fucking do it. Dude, this goat is great. Fucking do it, bitch. I dare you to shoot me in the fucking head. It's awesome. Yeah, and then the goat bleats and he does it. He shoots that goat in the fucking head, right in the face. It's nasty. I mean, we're... We're seeing it. This isn't like, oh, it's in silhouette or we cut. No, we're just seeing this wide goat shot of this get fucking goat. blasted in the face. And then apparently um, that causes the possession to like jump to his wife because right away she swings an axe into Ruiz's dude, face. It's without even blinking. She's hacking this dude's face apart. And then this is disgusting. She Ooh. turns the axe on herself. And the way that this is shot and, and framed and edited and everything, it's just so blunt and matter of fact. And it doesn't cut away, and it's just this kind of wide profile shot of her just axing herself in the face. Over she's, she's like kneeling on the ground, using the ground as leverage, and swinging the axe into her face it's... repeatedly until like like she's doing like weak swings because she's dying. Yeah, she just falls over. It's yeah. really like her last something. swing doesn't even make it up to her face. It's fucked up. And, and I think, if I'm not mistaken. All during magic hour. <laughs> so good for them. Yeah. It's, it's all very beautiful. But yeah, it's, it's, it's intense. This was a scene I saw people complain about. Um, I know. Because their, their beef was that Ruiz earlier was totally like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't shoot the guy. We'll take him in the truck, blah, blah, blah. He went through all that effort. But then he ends up just shooting this goat. And I'm thinking... 
I guess, but also I'm wondering if it's just, you know, when he's with the two brothers, he his wife's not there. Mm-hmm. And I think in this moment, and earlier the demon basically that's inside of Uriel is like, when I get out of this body, I'm coming for your wife next and I'm going to infect her and your kid. Yeah. Fuck you. This, this thing is out to get Ruiz pretty much. And I just think having his wife there, she's screaming... I think it's just, he's a human. You know what I mean? You know, I, I don't, uh, I, I hesitate to get too stereotypical, but I wonder if there is like a machismo element hmm, here. I need to protect the homestead kind of. Because a lot of the other parts of this movie are guys, including the brothers, really not listening to the women, tell, like mm-hmm. telling them what to do and how to fix this. Yeah, as uh, if this is like a specific cultural thing that maybe... This the director of this movie in general is kind of playing with or commenting on. Or yeah, I mean, in that case, it would be like a oh, my wife's here, I have to protect her. I'm gonna shoot this goat. I also just think in general, maybe a more like rural kind of uh, like homestead ish. There's kind of this I built this myself with my own hands kind of mentality. Yeah, no demon goat's gonna take this away from me. And also, he might not have shot, have the, I think the goat bleeding is what made him. Scared him, maybe, yeah. Mm -hmm. He seemed to hesitate, and then the goat was like, oh, I I know what, I know we'll do it. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that's the point, though, is I, the people in this are not rational actors. Like, change set, setting, whatever, you're gonna be a totally different person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. you're technically, I think I was taking a voice acting class like a couple weeks ago and we were talking about how when you're, you're voicing a character, you have to keep in mind the very human trait that you are a different person for every single person you are around. No, like no one person knows the same version of you as another person. Mm-hmm. So you're just, you're always slightly different in different settings with different people. I think that's, that's what I kind of read true, from yeah. this anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so back with the brothers, or Pedro and Jaime, by the way, or Jimmy, they're at home and Uriel's little brother, Eduardo, shows up at their door and he's like, yo, I saw Ruiz is dead. Yeah, Ruiz's my, wife my is dead. My mom's gone. My mom's gone. Can this is I all fucked. Can I stay here, have some ice cream? Do you guys have any games? Yeah, any games on your phone? Also, <laughs> don't use electric lights. Make that That's a rule. That's a rule. There's seven of them. So yeah. what do we have so far? We when, have, when grandma said there are seven rules you have to follow, I was like, Grandma's seven? like, there are seven rules. <laughs> there are seven follow. rules to survive <laughs> when evil lurks. Uh, so what do we got? You can't shoot them. You can't have electric lights. Nope, nope. I'm trying to think if we can remember all the other ones. Uh, you can't hurt them. Oh, don't be around animals. Animals are very. You can't uh, say their names, like uh, demon names. Oh yeah, don't don't say the names of demons. You can't. You can't. Don't have stuff that touch. That's them. like been around the possessed. Any clothes you, you were can't wearing? Can't be afraid any of dying. That's the last one we learned. That's the seven. That's the seven. You get six. What's, like, the, What's sixth the seven one? I said them. What was it? Uh, you can't hurt them, which seems. I mean, I guess gunpowder is a different thing. Yeah. But you would think that the gunpowder thing would go along with don't hurt them. But yeah. they're, real, they're real sticklers about the gunpowder. But that's the seven rules. And there's a little song. And it's not a very good song. It's not a good song. <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, next day. <laughs> no, this kid, he's at their door. He's like, can I stay? And they're like, 
You can go stay in the stables. Go stay in the barn. Yeah. I'm wondering. And then they, like, leave him. And I was like, yo, they left that kid in that they barn. He left... comes back in the end. Yeah. And what, what he did, I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. They just, because they leave the next day to go into town. Right, bye. I was like, they just left that kid in the barn? I kind of, and maybe I'm wrong here. If someone wants to correct me, please do. I got the sense that maybe the kid, his mom, Maria Elena and Uriel, I think they might be supposed to be indigenous uh, South Americans because the way Ruiz talks to them, he talks about like your kind, like you, like you always, you bring disease. He talks about them like yeah, they are. And they were afraid to tell him about Uriel because they didn't want to like get kicked off his mm-hmm. land. It seemed like they were there. Maybe, I don't know. Because I mean, below just, board, I don't know. Just like in. America, there is very much that tension in South America between like indigenous South Americans and yeah, uh, what like South Americans with like I mean Spanish and otherwise other lineage. I guess yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. colonial lineage. I guess. So they decide because of this news. Sounds like things are getting bad. Jaime is gonna go get their mom, and Pedro is going to go get his sons and ex-wife who turns out she has a new husband and they have a little girl. They have girl. a daughter together. Yeah. So Pedro, our main character, well, there's two brothers. He's one of the brothers. He has, a, he has an ex-wife with whom he had two boys. She is now married to this other guy and they have a little girl. Yeah. Just recapping it because there's mm-hmm. a lot of characters that are about to come into play. And yeah, they, they don't spell it out beforehand you just kind of got to pick it up it's it's very chaotic yeah. and you eventually put the pieces together but. but yeah he gets to his ex's house and starts stripping his clothes off and is like i need new I need, clothes i need to burn my clothes these the are street. evil and we have to get out of here so they're you know judging him hard his ex and her new husband at first you're like oh that's why are you judging him and that's like well one it does seem a little crazy uh although at this point i'm like how much do they know about Rottens. And- they probably, but because that's the thing is they probably do, but it's a thing where you just don't assume it would ever happen by you. I'm trying to think of like because they say it happens in the cities. I'm trying to think of and- something comparable. Like it'd be like if someone showed up at our house and was like, "I just got exposed to like some very like." rare disease that you know exists and you have an idea of what to do maybe if you're exposed but like you would think there's no fucking way right your immediate response be like oh come on well the other thing is that it's revealed i don't think here but gradually throughout the film that pedro tried to or i'm sorry yeah pedro tried to uh kill himself previously and and maybe the kids i think kill the kids or at least the older one because the older son uh hair is autistic hair hair's non-verbal he does vocalize quite a bit uh it sounds like he is incontinent like he needs diapers and Mm -hmm. stuff yeah so uh yeah he's very like i mean he has to be and you get the sense that that's an element of why the relationship fell apart that maybe pedro couldn't handle that yeah and tried to you know kill himself and this kid yeah uh so gradually you learn like oh this guy he's had a rough go of it 
I yeah, think and he hasn't reacted well. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where he and his then wife have this kid and are just not prepared. They're not prepared for the reality of of having a kid with autism like that. Yeah. Like that would be hard on any parent. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So she has reason to think like, okay, I'm not going to fully trust what he says right away. She says you're violating the restraining order when he's there. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, he's, he's stripping, he's burning his clothes and, uh, they are, Arguing in the kitchen. Yeah, and he's like, we got to go. We got to pack up the car. He's telling his younger son, Santino, pack up all your stuff. We're going to go out and it's going to be really fun. Totally. You know, kids aren't stupid. They know what's up. Uh, The little girl from the the second marriage of the wife is there. And it seems they have like a dog also who's this like, I don't know. It looks like Hagrid's dog. I don't know how else to describe it. It's a big fucking dog. It's like some kind of bulldog pit bull mix. It's a big, like, like Looney Tunes looking bulldog. (laughs) Yeah, this dog's going to Where the front torso muscles are like so big. Yeah. It's going to grab Sylvester by the neck and like. Yeah, and swing him him around. I mean, spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because this kid and this dog are like sitting there watching the little girl. Yeah, Yeah. the little girl and the dog are sitting there watching the adults all argue. And the little girl just keeps, she kind of keeps like petting them and playing with the dog. And then like they look at each other. Like the girl looks at the dog. This dog bites this dog, this girl's head. It it just nowhere. like grabs her face and neck and just starts flinging this girl Dude, around. It we takes are her sc- under the table and just fucking flinging her around. We, like a this fucking is what toy. we screamed at Gressel because you're kind of waiting for something to happen yeah. and you think maybe it's something with the dog, but not like it's this. It's so sudden. It's just so sudden, and this girl's getting flung around like a rag doll. And what's fucked up is like you know that this happens, right? With dogs. I don't know about this. I, this is know, a possessed demon dog. But like swinging a, this like kid around by the fucking head, dog attacking a kid, and and I I just feel like that's that's a real scary thing. I don't know. I mean, dog attacks on children. Yes, that those happen. This dog is. This it, kid is like the the body weight of a squirrel. It literally is thing. like when you give a dog a toy and they just like yeah. fling it around. Like holy oh shit! Oh my god! And then the the dog runs out the house with the kid in his mouth. Yeah, and so they're all running after the dog. Yeah, screaming the new husband runs after kid. him and he, he tracks him down. Pedro's like, "Don't fucking Don't shoot, shoot it!" The dog guy shoots the dog. Yeah. Pedro's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. So he just leaves. He just goes and gets his his sons, but not before he sees. Wait a minute. The little girl, they find her miraculously and she's fine. Just totally unscathed. She runs so back you're to like, the mom and is like, yeah. That's, that is not that little girl. But. Which also ties to uh, maybe the wife, Ruiz's wife, knew that that goat was possessed. Because earlier when they find the half body, they're like, Ruiz had a goat that was killed by a puma. Mm. And so maybe that was the goat. Oh, and it came back. Dude, yeah. I bet that's what happened. And she's like, that should that, not be yeah that goat got killed yeah mm-hmm. oh that's interesting that's, that's possible yeah, yeah good catch it was online i, I okay, didn't okay. observe that myself thanks internet <laughs> <laughs> so uh when the little girl comes back she's all happy and normal and this is <laughs> such good little both little kid casting and direction because she leans and she's hugging the mom and she leans in and she's like dad's going to kill you <laughs> yeah the mom's like uh what and she's like dad is going to come back and then boom and you not, aren't quite sure what that means and they're still hugging and the mom's like okay whatever kids are weird right <laughs> they say weird shit 
But right after this, the the new husband he drives sw- a truck right into him. He swerves out of the way of some another car and drives right up onto the front lawn and just crashes right into yeah. them. And that's when Pedro's like, Dex. "Cool, we're leaving." No, he was leaving beforehand. Oh, was he already gone? He was in the car with his sons, and he sees it happens while he's leaving. Like, oh, but because his ex he, is like, like, he steps on the fucking gas. He was, dude. yeah, he was like, "Okay, if you want to hug that kid, that's fine. I'm out." And then he sees this happen but yeah i just he's, yeah he sees her die yeah, yeah yeah i just love this little girl actor though because you know and this is why i think the direction here is so fucking good it is such a creepy thing that this little girl is delivering all these lines like they're not scary it just sounds like she's a normal little girl and she's jumping around and being all cute and that's what makes her so fucking Yeah, creepy. after the mom gets run over, she's like just dancing. And I think it around. would yeah. be such an easy choice to maybe have this little girl act like a creepy kid or maybe just kind of stand there all creepy, you know, like look like a kind of horror movie kid. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he has this little girl act so normal in the midst of this scene after all this... It's it's just a good choice that I really liked a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So they pick up uh, Jaime and the mom, and she's kind of not believing what's going on, but she's telling. She's like, oh, you got my grandkids. (laughs) She's telling Santino, the younger boy, like the seven rules. And uh, she also mentions, you know, she's like, you can't say their names, like Beelzebub and as Azrael. Azrael. Yeah. Yeah. And and one of those names. uh, Hayer. Hayer. Uh, starts he to starts like repeat. repeating, yeah. So he's saying but that. But she's name like, you, yeah, you can't say all these demon names, like, and then like Belial lists all these demons, and then Santino's like, but Grandma, you just said them all. <laughs> yeah, Come good on, job, Grandma. grandma. Jesus. Good job, Grandma. Jaime takes them to a woman named Mirta, yes. who uh, turns out is another an ex cleaner. Mm-hmm. So she's familiar with all this. Her her house has no electric power. Yeah, she's prepped. To uh, for these situations, yeah. I mean, it sounds like she's just always lived without electricity and stuff, just because of her past as a cleaner. She just assumes if they're if if a demon or like the possessed are able to find me, they will. Mm-hmm. So I think she's just always lived because off the she's grid. the one who used to be a member of the church, mm-hmm. and then she talks about this experience where uh, she was possessed, but wasn't affected by it she says that she this was one of the confusing parts she thinks that um certain people are able to like have these demons enter them but the demons can't control them like they just they're they're immune essentially Mm -hmm. um so she like felt it in there she feels like it learned information from her and then left her right uh but she also tells the story about a kid who uh, was possessed and, like, puked up his mom that he had eaten. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, that was fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you guys can stay here. And she, she, that's when she says, I became a cleaner after uh, experiencing that uh, as a way to, like, atone for, I guess, being a charlatan. I think, the, yeah, church. they were just, like, scant, just grifter just church. Gemstones. Yeah, they were righteous gemstones, pretty much. <laughs> and so then she became a cleaner. Yeah. Uh, she immediately says, uh, Hire is possessed. That kid's a demon. Like, no, and they're like, he's, he's autistic. autistic. Yeah. And, like, and, she's and I like, feel like that's um, in the past. Oh, 100%. 
people like that mm-hmm. were considered to be possessed. Oh, and yeah. So it's like, no, lady, you're real outdated in your views. No, it's there are still to this day, if you go down the weird kind of evangelical rabbit hole mm. of the Internet, uh, exorcisms or just kind of spiritual cleansing, you know, like putting the spirit in you kind of shit at evangelical churches. Oh, we're still doing that to kids with autism and ADHD and other kinds of uh, learning disability. Like that's, no, that's still a thing. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, she says that and we're like, no lady, that's very inappropriate. Yeah. But she points out that she thinks, what, because of like his, she can tell like Later she points out like his, uh, because Pedro's not there when she points it out that like, uh, Hayer's hands are like all fucked up. She's like, no, he's possessed, but they just doesn't know what to do with his. Yeah, brain. this is an interesting it's thing. In his body. It's the weird. What other movie like, can't learn how to pilot it? Almost. What other movie was it where autism ended up being <laughs> the predator? No, no, no. Ended up being or was it the super pe- where it was like it's what made. Was it the Predator? Yes, yeah. that's right. It was one of many problems with that movie. So this is essentially, she's like the <laughs> autistic brain, like this, the demon can't navigate it. Like it just, it doesn't, it can't figure out how to like pilot this body mm. essentially. So it either can't do it or it just takes longer. Yeah. It's like trying to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they stay the night there and during the night, Sabrina shows up. Yeah, and the ex-wife. Had, the ex-wife. And she had called earlier, and Pedro had answered the phone and been like, what? And she's like, I know where you are. I'm coming for my kids. I know where you are, by the way. Fucking hate you. And I there's a reason I cheated on you and fucked everyone, and you gave me a fucked up kid, and blah, blah. It's just the most emotional terrorism you've ever heard. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, that's typical demon behavior, though, I feel for like. Sure. Just they're always like doing that. And like, I know what really is going to make you fucking hate yourself. Yeah. And he's like, wait, I... I saw her die, so that's fucked up. Yeah. But she shows up that night, and uh, yeah, she goes she inside. Takes Santino. Yeah, Santino's with Granny, and Granny took too many sleeping pills. <laughs> yeah, Granny's too fucked up on sleeping pills. And it's like, oh, wow, my former daughter-in-law's here. I'm so happy to see you. Whatever. Here you go. Take the... God damn it, Grandma. Yeah, Grandma is very just ill-prepared for this whole situation. <laughs> yes, she is, yeah. Yeah, so, because uh, Pedro was sleeping out in the car for whatever reason. Well, because and... he's he's with um, Hire. Oh, yeah, who won't leave the car. Yeah. So he stayed out there with Hire. So mm-hmm. he comes inside and goes upstairs, and Sabrina has Santino, the kid. Santino. And she's like, deuces, Bye. I'm out. She jumps over this balcony. And, like, the kid's like, Dad, like, right as she does. And it's, it's crazy. Yep. And they run outside, and she's she's no longer there. So they're like, we got to track her down and save this kid. Uh, but because Pedro is so worried about the kid's life, apparently the demon will, like, feed on that. So Jaime's like, okay, I'll go get him. I guess Jaime don't care if his fucking nephew dies or whatever. But, yeah. Or he cares less, at least. Yeah. Uh, so he'll go save the, the kid and uh, Pedro and what's her name? Mart- Mirta? Uh, is it Mirta? Yeah, Mirta. They'll go... They're trying to... They're going to go find where the where they dropped off the rotten... <laughs> dropped off. Dro- literally <laughs> dropped off because Mirta's like, no, it has to still be alive. It's in the middle of its birthing, birthing process, process where like mm. it hasn't birthed this demon, but the demon's still able to influence people. Yeah, because- and this was the... 
the exposition. Big, we, had we had to rewind because we were confused. Because she's talking about, about both the birthing process, how some people are immune, and how she like had it in her head. And then there's like possible translation this errors. This is where there was some clunky translate, where it was just weird prepositions, I think, that I was like, wait, I don't understand what I'm reading. Yeah, also the rules that the granny was saying in the car. I think there one, was some weird. The thing about like not bringing clothes with you, it was like you have to bring. It was weird. Yeah, there's some. Shutter, we- double check that. Yeah, yeah. Go back. Yeah. Do a little second pass yeah, on localize those. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they go to the spot where they think the thing fell out of the truck. And there's a, they realize there's a school nearby. And Mirch is like, it's definitely going to be somewhere around this school because evil loves children and children love evil. Yep. <laughs> Kids be creepy. <laughs> so they go to this school and they look through a window and there's a bunch of weird little kids sitting in the classroom just staring at nothing. It's very village of the damned kind of, I mean, it's creepy kids. We love them. They're all they're all there, ready for creepy kids school. Chronologically, before we get to yes, the school, I was gonna mention we have Jaime's adventures. Yes, Jaime's adventures in babys babysitting, baby saving, baby save, but not really, not really, because he finds Sabrina. He's driving and, and he sees her walking in the road, oh, and, and she's got the kids. She's in her carrying hands. Santino, but he he speeds up, and you see it out. Like, passed him out his window dude. as he passes her. She is eating this kid's brains like he's a fucking novelty popcorn bucket you get from Disneyland. It's like scooping the brains out, eating them. It's really. Having a little road trip snack. It's disgusting. Like, it's, it's so fucking gross. So he just immediately just put the car in reverse, drive backwards, and then just runs her over. I It's. And then what does she say to She's him? on the wit he runs her into a tree. What and I don't want to skip over this fucking imagery of her walking with this kid's limp body. Yeah. His just, head just, the top mm, of his head is gone. Just, mm, and she is eating his bread. It is fucked. Yeah, it's really gross. Like it really is like she's eating popcorn. But and it's then her child's brain. He brains. slams her against a tree and she's on the windshield. And now she's got a hole in her head, and her brains are fucking coming out yeah. onto the windshield. And what does she say? She to says him? like, "You told me you loved me," so it's implied. I think it's definitely implied that they've slept with each other. Yeah, that he had an affair with his brother's wife, and maybe sired one of the two kids. Possibly. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know because I mean, maybe that's why he w- he wanted to go get Santino I, if that was like his kid. I don't think that's a crazy leap in logic. Especially because the wife also brought up earlier that she cheated mm-hmm. on, like it's brought up for a reason. I think, who's to say? I don't know. Sure, and her brains are fucking coming out all over the place, man. Yep, it's crazy. This this, this movie really is quite graphic. Like yeah. I don't think we can, and we are very desensitized. So I just don't want. I just want to properly sell. <laughs> How prepared I think you maybe need to be. It's done so well. It is done it really well. It's so fucking good. And it's just because it is like kids it's, and animals. And like, it's just, you know, be. Yeah, beware. man. It's, and like, I'm sure some people are like, what the fuck is the matter with you? Why are you so excited? Like, it looks so fucking good. It's just because it looks good. And there is something um about 
hor- and in this interview with Polygon, he talks about working with kids in this movie and how it was a fucking nightmare because he was like, we couldn't even have like fake blood on the kid actors. Like there were very strict rules. He said the kids and the kids' parents were all like totally gung ho, but it was just like work like literally just I think child labor film law type shit that made it really hard to so that's what makes this even more impressive yeah, I think holy shit wow. um yeah back at the school where the kids are still alive I guess I think yeah they're, they're alive yeah, I think yeah, they're, they're just, just uh, you know in a, a thrall I guess yeah yeah because they're uh though man they're they're just all lying to them. these kids are like yeah, uh, Uriel is in this barn. And then a little girl is like, no, he's Uriel's at my at dad's my house. house. And Pedro, he's fucking done with it. Dude, he <laughs> fucking wails on this little girl. He, he opens the truck door and knocks her to the ground. And the sound I effect's really incredible. Hard. I'm sorry. It's just, you don't expect it. And then he just starts punching this little kid in the face. And it's like, it's not face. funny. But also I think because that's so taboo that it is very funny to me. Because you just don't, you don't see it every day, folks. <laughs> that I guess because it's also she's a creepy kid. She's not just a normal she's little not kid. kid. This she's, is like a monster. I mean, even I think Mir just movie. says they're not children anymore. Right. Yeah. It's like why it's funny in the second Ring movie when uh, I haven't seen it. Oh, I think is it still Naomi Watts in the second one? I think it is, but she fucking throws Samara down that well. That's what, my only memory of it. She goes, "I'm not your fucking mommy," and throws her. Down. That's from the second one. Yeah. Oh, I've seen that clip. I okay. think that's from the second one because <laughs> I remember seeing it in theaters back when I saw literally every movie in the theater. <laughs> Mirta's like, okay, if they're trying to get us to go elsewhere, then the body's here. Because they're just trying to get us away. And like, yeah, so yeah, like it's definitely out. here. And yeah. they, they find it uh, beneath a little, you know, shitty kid auditorium stage. Like every parent's worst nightmare. You got to go there and sit yeah, there and fucking watch the recital. Christmas Your kid's fine, whatever. but it's all the other ones that you don't want to fucking sit through. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're prying apart the stage and that's they see a bunch of dead adults under there. Yeah, with lime They're covered in lime to, to mask the smell. And, and they figure, okay, the, the rotten's got to be under here somewhere. And they pull yeah, a body just, aside and oh, there he is. Yeah, there he is. All, our good friend, Uriel. He's just still, still alive. And, yeah, Mirta's like, he's, he's, he's still alive, right? And Uriel's like, ah, kill me, Metallo me, kill me, and so uh, Mirta is assembling her contraption. She starts taking out. The, it looks like a cartographer's yeah, equipment. It, it and does. It's the this stuff looks like a fucking like I don't know something you would see on like a conquistador ship. Yeah. to navigate. It's all gold. And it, it's all the stuff <laughs> that they found next to that half yeah, yeah, yeah. body. It's a cleaner from Jeffrey Combs's office. Yeah, yeah. She's like assembling this. It's like this. This thing is like in that in the thirteen go. House. Yeah, for and sure. She's just like 100%. Around. And yeah. then meanwhile, she's just like telling, she's yelling at Pedro to rip apart this stage faster. It's like, lady, and he's he's hauling at, he's he's dragging these bodies she's around. Like, get his body up here, and it's like, dude, this he's a big guy. This is a, is a, yeah, big, a big boy. boy. Yeah, he's trying. He's, he's a trying. big boy. He's stinky too. He smells bad. He's probably slippery. Yeah, slippery when wet. Meanwhile, this other the, there's one little girl who she's the one who we beat, right? It is. It's yeah. The, yeah the, but she's crying, and she seems maybe like she is not like she was maybe. Um, I don't know. I think he like she she's still creepy, but her she's so convincing, and she's crying, and you think maybe 
maybe she's legit. I mean, you don't actually think that, but I can see how in the moment he's like, he thinks maybe I should listen to her. And well, she's like, there's an axe there's in that an office. There's an axe in this office over there. And and Mirta's like. Because he's ripping apart this stage with his bare hand. hands, right? And Mirta's like, don't you fucking do it. Don't you leave me here with them. Yeah. And he does. He goes to see, he grab the axe. And this is the moment that so many people online complained about. But like. I'm we, sorry. Mirta was just yelling at him to go faster. He's and, trying to tear apart this oh, thing with his hand. Oh, maybe there's an axe in there and that'll we, help us. Go faster, Mirta. We've already seen how much of a hothead he is when he fucking used his truck door to knock this little yeah, girl to the yeah. ground. Like this guy is not a hero. He's trying to be. He's not. He's not hero material. So he goes into this office. Yeah. Uh, and guess what? 90, 99% of people, not hero material. That's true. Not every person is Ash. <laughs> Sorry. You know, most you of us are right, this. Most, <laughs> most of us are this fucking guy. Sorry. That's just <laughs> real life. Yeah, he goes in the office and like the, the fire axe box is empty. It's He's like, like a fucking it's like out, it's like a cartoon outline where the axe is missing. Yeah, and then they lock him in the office. The kids lock him in there, and then man, they kill the fuck out of Mirta and just drag her body away. Dude, and it's, no, they're dragging her when she's still alive, and then they're like hitting her oh, in the yeah. head with a hammer while dragging her. Yeah. They're just like Eh. Oh, and don't worry. You get to eh. see, you get to see it. Oh yeah, it's it doesn't cut away. This movie does not pull punches, this man. This movie does and not. with her last looks, Mirta is just like looking at Peter, like like I fucking, t- told, fucking you, told you, I fucking told you. Yeah. So he gets out of the office, and he's so mad again. Hot hat. He uh, uh fucking he looks over at the stage, and Uriel's bald Pops? ass head is popping up. Ooh. He's looking like the Jackbox guy. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Like just... bald head popping out of the he like, fucking hole. Hey man, hey. Hey man, you want to kill me now? Yeah, let's fucking dance, dude. I'm still here. I'm and Pedro's still... like, yeah. And he just takes. He grabs some... that golden instrument and just bashes this, this head guy's head. I think it's another practical. It's disgusting. This this fucking in. head. Yeah, it just it caves right in. Yeah, it's gross. Mm-hmm. And uh, oops, that. Uh, that basically he basically cracked an egg open because this bloody little, yolk little baby bloody comes out. demon boy little emerges demon boy. from the the rotten body. Just this weird little naked boy covered in blood. He just and then assembles his demon army of kids. He leaves like a handprint on, on yes, Pedro's forehead. He kind of marks him. Some people hypothesize that Pedro's possessed the entire time. Oh, interesting. And may- maybe maybe possessed in a way that's where he's immune cuz uh and just spreading it maybe. I interesting. I don't I I didn't get a chance I didn't have enough time to like read more into that theory, but I would be interested to hear more huh. about it. But like and and so when the demon does that instead of killing him, it's more of a like Thanks. Good job. I read that as like a thank you. I I kind of saw it as more of like a. It was almost like a blessing or like a. Or like now you have to live with this shit. Yeah, Instead that too. Well, I mean, it's literally you can't like not being able to watch. It's like fucking Macbeth. Yeah, but he's on unable to forehead. watch it off later. Yeah. But it's I kind of almost yeah. It's almost like a holy kind of like like forehead marking. Maybe just mm-hmm. that's the Catholic in me. But I think of like the smudge on like Ash, Ash Wednesday, Wednesday or something. Yeah. But. I thought it was maybe like a in this new world, you are marked as like the one who caused it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he this little naked demon boy just wanders off into the the woods with all his into the children. morning sun with yeah. all these Great creepy sunrise. kids. Great sunrise shot. They're off it's to a, do. It's a brand new day, but and the this, kids are in charge. Yeah, it is. It's like this is the comeuppance of all the adults. Like all these kids just 
banding together and and getting their weird revenge on all the adults because that's all all the adults in the stage of the school Mm -hmm. it just seems like this is kids being like you've all fucking failed us and this is what it's come to kind of which again kind of calls back to what the director said about specifically being very disturbed and inspired by these stories of children getting cancer in these communities where these pesticides were using and like adults failing them mm-hmm. yeah and so this is in a weird way kind of a revenge movie like i said earlier yeah uh but don't worry we got some loose ends to tie up they go back to uh pedro goes back to the house uh the brother's house uh with he has Hayer, his other son and um by the, the way man, we yeah. did miss earlier while the brothers are gone oh yeah this was a great moment this is a cool moment um this is like middle of the night. The brothers are gone. The brothers leave with Mirta to go handle their business. And so they leave Hayer Granny at with home the grandma. With even Hayer. though at this point, they're pretty sure that they know that Hayer's possessed. But they're like. Uh, Mirta told Jaime, Pedro doesn't know. Are you sure? I'm positive. Okay. Pedro so, is is left in the dark about Hayer's Hayer's left. And so up to this point, Hayer is, is nonverbal. He. He makes he vocalizes moans a lot he can't move on his own i don't Mm. think but there's this sit where the grandma is sitting by herself and higher just walks in is like hey grandma i'm thirsty i'm thirsty and also it's cold he's talking just like a teenager Uh and it's such a jarring change after what you've seen this whole movie and the great you can tell grandma's fucking terrified yeah and she doesn't know what to do with it and i think she knows so the end of this movie they have uh pedro and his brother jaime and jair get back to their house and so granny's not there and i'm like what did they think happened did they just think she went missing or what i don't know but higher is is uh back to being nonverbal. And back and to being in his, his the other little state. kid shows back up. Eduardo, Eduardo. yeah, the kid, who, the barn kid. <laughs> the kid they left in the barn. And he's still him? in that barn. I guess he liked it. And he's he's like, so I lied a little bit. Um, I started hearing voices right before I came to your guys' house. Uh, I isn't he the one who killed the cleaner? He's in the woods? he admits he's the one that killed the cleaner from the very beginning, and and he, Jaime's like. Where's your mom? And he goes, probably, he's like, what happened to my mom is probably what happened to your mom. And so then we cut back to Hayer, who is eating ice cream and then starts gagging and choking. And Pedro's like, what's wrong, son? Yeah, slow down. Slow down, champ. Like, you're eating yeah. that ice cream too fucking fast. It's good. It looks green. Maybe it's mint chocolate chip, the best flavor Oh, I thought maybe cream. it was like sherbet or it something. It could be like sherbet, but it could also be the best But he ice takes cream a spoon out of his mouth and he's still gagging. And then, oops, there's some blood. And then there's hair. Lots of there's hair. There's a ton of hair. It's disgusting. You're, he's fishing <sighs> that, out this clogged drain, dude. It's hair. No, it's so. It's jewelry. Yeah. And then, yes, and then we see a very telltale piece of jewelry. There's been a lot of close-ups of it the entire movie. It's one of those, like, gifts you order your mom from QVC where it's a (laughs) necklace where it has a little figurine representing each person in the family. It's one of those. So that comes out of his mouth. And then one of the coolest and creepiest shots of the movie is it's a shot of, like, (gasps) it's a shot of Hayer, like, looking forward while, while his dad is, like, looking at everything and hires eyes just like just flick over briefly to his dad. flick over to his in dad a very knowing glance and then in a way that forward. they don't 
do Hayer always staring straight at like thousand yard stare this yeah. whole movie but that last shot his eyes just flick up and then flick back down it's very creepy and um that and then, that's uh, it. no, there's we're a shot wa- of Pedro coming outside and crying, and, yeah. and then Jaime being like, yeah, I don't know. Yep, bad, en- bad ending, sad ending. <laughs> Not a happy ending for anyone in this, except maybe those the army of demon kids. I don't know. <laughs> that seems kind of like it's fun. Hanging out with them may probably not actually. Yeah, they no. sit in school all day, it looks like. Well, now <laughs> yeah. they, they're off in the world doing God knows what. Um, yeah, this movie is very, very good. Big recommend if you haven't watched it, but again, it's uh, it's graphic, but it's well done. It does not feel like it's in bad taste whatsoever. And in fact, I think the reason the extreme violence works is because ultimately the director is coming from such a place of empathy for children and children that are abandoned by the system and let down by adults and that's why this movie does in no way does it feel like cruel as much as the things that are happening in it are cruel the message and the storytelling of this movie is in fact like very thoughtful and not mean at all yeah and i also heard that he said he wanted to make a horror movie for horror fans and not for the mainstream Great. <laughs> that's what he did. More of that, please. I don't think Russell's going to be watching this no, one. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's good, good, but, you know, understandable. Yeah. Cool. Great. Uh, I, I'm not sure what we're going to do next week. I can maybe get Horror Survivor ready. Yeah, next time. We got two or weeks. next time. Sorry, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, uh, but in the meantime, you can listen to Scream Dreams, too. Right now, it should be available since it. Uh, I think they're releasing it like an hour after we release ours. And I'm pretty sure this episode's longer than an hour. So, yes. <laughs> uh, so check that out again mm-hmm. uh, on the YouTube channel, I think, but also where you can find podcasts. But then for us, you can find us on social media at DeadMeJames on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And I'm at Carebeck, C-A-R-E-B-E-C-C on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want merch, DemeatStore.com. Yeah. there's. If you haven't checked out the store in a while, do it. There's lots of cool stuff There's a lot there. of new stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, just again, shout out to Fran and Duncan, dude. <laughs> we did it. They, you know, good they, job, guys. They lost a lot of people with the Halloween rules. A lot of people were like, "What are you guys fucking doing?" But you know what? Aside from that, guess they knew what they were fucking doing. Yeah, sounds like it. The history of labor conflicts and negotiations is not a smooth road ever. Never. And, but you know what? We we got what I'm hoping most of all. Yeah, we don't have the details out have just the, yet, but, but it sounds good. Yes, in I'm, the end. History will forget the weird demands over Halloween costumes and remember the bigger <laughs> picture. So, yeah. All right. I saw someone say, someone tweeted about like thanking us for like always standing by labor and doing the right thing. And someone responded to them like, not exactly. They were they were seen in pictures with people who were dressed as struck work at Halloween. I was like, what the fuck? We can't even be in pictures with people. No, fuck off. You know off. how many beers I had at that point? I can't keep, t- I can't remember. I'm not policing other people's <laughs> costumes. Fuck off. <laughs> what? Oh, Lord. Whatever. Uh, love so all funny. you guys for listening to this. And thank you so much for being fans. Yes. Uh, we got some, some cool stuff coming up on Dead Meat. Yes. Promise.
All right. Uh, labor organization is cool. Unions rock. Unions are good. We did it, folks. <laughs> Love it. Yep. Until next time, I'm Chelsea. <laughs> I'm James. And this has been the Debbie Podcast. Debbie Podcast.